Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. It is Witness Wednesday, and I'm in a new fishing hole, which means this could go horribly wrong. Anytime you go to a new fishing hole, you just don't know. One of the things that I always look for when going out to witness is, does it make sense? Will people be able to stop? They should be able to stop today because I am at Centennial Park. You remember, this is the place where the bombs went off during the Olympics in 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a huge park. There's a helicopter in the sky and people kind of lingering around, but not really. They seem to be a little bit destination driven, which means I might have have a more challenging time witnessing to somebody. Make sure when you go out, don't, it's hard enough to do this. Don't set stuff up against you out of the chute. Make sure you find a place where people can actually stop and talk. All right, here's the goal today. Going to try to see if people believe that God is angry at sinners or angry at anybody for that matter. Quite certain they're not going to think that he is because, remember, America's impression of God probably is predominantly based on George Burns. God is angry. He's filled with wrath toward the chaff, not toward the wheat. Amazing tender mercies and kindness toward the wheat, toward the chaff. Furious anger, Old and New Testament. And that is why when God says that he's going to punish lawbreakers, here's the three key words about hell that we have to remember because a lot of people pervert this. There's three pillars to the doctrine of hell. It is eternal. It is conscious. It is torment. Those three things. The Jehovah's Witnesses really mangle that. They say that you get annihilated. There's soul sleep. And there are some people who would say, like the Mormons, that it's not so terrible. It's just not as nice as the terrestrial or the celestial or the whatever their next level is. No. It is eternal. It is conscious. It is torment. All right. There is a young couple. Excuse me. May I talk to you on the radio for just a moment? Oh, no. No? No. Why? You must not be from the South, are you? No, yeah, Switzerland. You're from Switzerland. Yeah. Will you talk to me on the radio for just a moment? I can't speak English. You just did speak English. <laughs> yes, you do. What's in your hand? Cola. Cola. You just spoke English. Goodbye, you guys. See you. <laughs> See you. Alrighty. That always gets me. Foreigners, they'll always say that. But usually they speak English perfectly well. Thank you very much. All right. Let's give it a go. The one thing that I always wrestle with when I come to a place like this is the homeless people. What do we, It's difficult sometimes. There's mental issues, and sometimes it can be a little challenging, but they need the gospel too, and they can understand a lot of things. And so there's a fair amount of people just kind of hanging out here. I have to confess to you, and I, this could be flat-out wrong. I, I do my best to avoid those conversations. I know, I'm sorry, I just, I, because I, sometimes there's just mental issues that are going on, it becomes very difficult, and I, I just tend to shy away from that, and I, I guess that's wrong. Hmm. Alrighty, there's a fellow, however, sitting on a bench right here, reading a 
something. Sir, may I talk to you for just a moment on the radio while you're sitting there underneath a shade tree reading TV Guide? Is that what you're reading? No, Jet, Jet Magazine. Jet Magazine. May I ask you a couple of questions? Yes, sir. Okay, what's Jet Magazine for starters? For starters? Uh, what is it? What does it talk about? Well, it's talking about O.J. Simpson conviction. This must be an old edition. Yeah, yeah, it's old. <laughs> That's yeah, not current at all, is it? Yeah, it's old. So what do you think? Was O.J. innocent or guilty? Guilty. You think so? Yes, sir. So justice wasn't served, huh? Yes, you're right. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I feel great. I think he did it. Yeah, yes. so he should have been punished for he it. He should have been punished. Yeah. yeah. Do you think everybody who breaks the laws should be punished? Yes, sir. Do you mind if I sit right here next to you? Is that okay? Yeah. So you think everybody should be punished who breaks the laws, right? right. Absolutely, positively everybody. Everybody. Right. Yes. All right, I'm going to ask you a theological question, a question about God, okay? Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Okay. So do you think that God should punish everybody who breaks his laws? Yes. Mm-hmm. So every single person on this planet should be punished by God because they've broken his laws? Yes. That's depressing. I believe that, yes. So everybody's going to go to hell? I don't know. I couldn't say that. You just did. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So are you going to hell? No. I don't get it. You uh, have you? Oh, you haven't broken. You're perfect. No, no. I've, You've broken the laws. No, that's right. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to hell, too. You're going to hell, too? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, have a nice day, sir. Okay. What a pleasant time. No, I'm not going to leave. That's a horrible thought. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to hell seri- sincerely? Yes, I do. I, I broke. I done broke a lot of laws for God. Yeah. Like which ones? Uh, no. Uh, say for starters, uh, cheating. Uh, say for starters, cursing. Uh, lying. Lying. Stealing. Stealing. Uh-oh. Yes, I have. A uh, blasphemy. Yes. When you take God's name in vain? That's right. You've done that? I've done that, too. Yikes. Okay, what about adultery? No. Lusting? Lusting, yes. Because Jesus said that's adultery of the heart. That's right, that's true. That, with the eyes. Yeah, I do plenty of that. I'm guilty for that. Have you murdered anybody? No, sir. No, sir. Have you ever hated anybody? Uh, uh yes. Because Jesus said that's like murder in the heart, so I guess you are a murderer. Well, that's true. At heart. Yes, yes. Right? That's right. Huh. So do you think that God is angry at you? Yes, I do. And I believe I'm getting punished for it. Right now? Yes. I lost my job. Thank God. Yeah. What about when you die? What do you think God is going to do with you? Well, I hope that I go to heaven. Yeah. I, I really do. That's why I would like to go. Yeah, I would too. But do you think that God, if he's a good judge, can take a lawbreaker to heaven? Shouldn't, yes. he, shouldn't he do what you just said and that is punish you? Punish, that's, that's true. That's right. I agree with that. But I also would, well, that's contradicting what I said, but uh, I would like to go to heaven, you know, And but everybody would like this too. When he was crucified on the cross, what, two, two murderers? Oh, you're talking about Jesus dying on the cross. Right. You right. know what I mean? And the two murderers he took up to heaven with, well, one. Yes, one. That he took up. I mean, that man was a murderer. Right, but that man did something. Do you remember what he did? Uh, 
No. Okay. There were two thieves hanging on the cross next to Jesus, yes. and probably murderers too, right. because they were insurrectionists most likely, and they were probably murderers. You're right. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of them mocked Jesus. The okay. other one made a profession of faith. Right. Do you remember? He That's said, right. can't you see that this man is the Son of God? Son of God. And okay. Jesus said to him, I say unto you, today you will be with me in paradise. Because that man did something. He saw that what he was getting was just. He was getting punished for his crimes. But Jesus, he hadn't committed any crimes and he was being punished. That's right. Do you know why Jesus was being punished when he had committed no crimes? No. He was being punished for your crimes. That's true. That's true. The laws you've broken... The punishment you deserve was put on Jesus. What you deserve, the wrath from God that you deserve, was put on his own beloved son on your behalf so that you could be forgiven by God just like the thief on the cross. That's true. But you've got to do what the thief on the cross did. The Bible says you have to repent. It's a a word that most people miss. And and because they don't understand what it means to repent, Hmm. they're going to find themselves getting punished by God. This is what God commands, that you repent this day, which means you agree with God, Mm -hmm. that you're not a good person, that he's your creator, you've rebelled against him, you've lied, you've stolen, you've blasphemed, you've lusted, you haven't been grateful. And you confess your sins to him. You say you're sorry to God with no excuses offered on your on your defense. Okay. And you turn from your sins. You stop lusting. You stop cheating. You stop lying. Whatever. It, stop taking his name in vain. You don't become perfect. But you fight against those sins now. And right. you put your trust in Jesus who died on the cross knowing that you would sin against him. Because okay. You repent and you trust the Savior, and God promises you, if you will come to him like that, he will not cast you out. He will not send you to hell. He will save you because of what Jesus did, not by anything that you've done. All you've done is earned wrath for yourself. Jesus has earned goodness for you, so you can be adopted into God's family, be seen as his child. His wrath will be abated. He will call you his own, and you will inherit eternal life. You will be adopted by God himself. That is yeah. the, that's the good news. That's right. That's the gospel. You've heard I'm that, haven't you? I'm going to practice that day. Yeah, I haven't heard it. Yes. The Bible says, Jesus specifically said, you must be born again. Right. Now, there's no way we're going back into our mother's womb. That makes no mm-hmm. sense at all. But what he meant is you must die to yourself. Come to him like a little child. No defense. Right. I'm sorry. I'm done. Clinging to him as if your eternity depended on it, because it does. That's what you must do. So I'm going to walk away, leave you with your thoughts. Please think about your sins. Think about Jesus, God himself, dying for you. And it should break your heart. Turn to him, not because you're afraid of God's wrath, but because he's been so kind to save you from hell. It's the good news of the gospel. Will you think about that today? Yeah, I met I'm glad I met you today. I'm glad I met you too, sir. All right. Have a great day. You too. See you. Goodbye praying for him hmm? on Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms 
of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries, Preborn Ministries and their network clinics. They are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb. When you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Well, 2024 is a crucial election year. The sanctity of life is at the forefront. And while we do celebrate the overturning of Roe, we cannot ignore the surge of pro-choice voices. They are persuasive, but we can and should be more convincing. We have to stand firm, not only in our beliefs, but also in the understanding of the gospel to change hearts and minds. Pro-choice advocates rally voters with misleading arguments. And as Christians, it is our duty to counter these narratives with truth and compassion. Remember, this is not only about politics. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. The debate has shifted to when instead of should, and now it's time to refocus this conversation. Equip your family and your church with Life is Best, a 13-lesson series that's not just powerful, but a call to action. Order your free digital download and streaming version from the Wretched Store right now. It's available for free during the month of January. You have until January 31st, and we, together, can make a difference. If you are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Important dates in Christian history. 1456. Johann Gutenberg produces the first printed Bible, and its press becomes a means for dissemination of new ideas and catalyzing changes in politics and theology. Without the printing press, the Reformation may have looked very different. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Shame on me. Rightly so. Shame on me. It's Witness Wednesday. This is Wretched Radio. I'm in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, and there are homeless people around. And I was worried about witnessing to them because, well, I'm a sinner. That's why. And I just talked to a fellow who turns out is homeless. Didn't look like it. Was sitting on a bench reading an old magazine. No mental problems, no issues like that. And he was able to hear the gospel loud and clear. So shame on me. It is a Witness Wednesday, and a young lady who is 
an amazing ability to match her shoes with her shirt. And she came running up to me and said, what are you doing? I tried to explain. And she mentioned something about doing a documentary to demonstrate the plight of the homeless and what it's like to live on the street, correct? That's right. Okay. And the reason that you want to do this documentary is... Well, just to show um, Americans that when you dehumanize someone, you're really dehumanizing yourself. And a lot of people look at homelessness as, oh, well, they're lazy or they don't have a job and I work hard and they don't. But the fact is they're humans just like you and I. Just to follow up on that, though, is it possible that some of them are indeed that, that they're lazy? Well, I think it's more so as they're in a rut. And they got to this point where they have nobody that cares for them, pulls them up, and says, look, you have purpose in this life. You can do whatever you want to do. It's more of, okay, well, here I am. I have nothing. And I'll just stay right here because I'm what is What is their purpose? I would say their purpose is just like anyone else's to go out there and gain the dreams that you have in your heart and in your mind. Um, but it's really hard to do that when you've lost so much. Okay, now you said that they can do anything that they want to do. Is that true for everybody? Well, that's America. We have opportunity here in this country. I've traveled around the world and I've seen places where. So we, they but don't. maybe better stated, we can try anything. It doesn't mean we'll be able to accomplish that's anything, right. but we have the ability to try anything. That's okay, right. well, I want to go back just for a second, if you don't mind. So you're telling me that these people, there's nobody who is homeless who isn't living a bad lifestyle, that have bad consequences, drugs, alcohol, do they have any personal responsibility in their situation? Definitely. We all do. And you can see people that have a lot, and they're still living the same kind of lifestyle. So what do you think is the best way to get somebody out of this lifestyle? You know, I think love is the best way. And actually showing someone that you care about them, no matter what they look like, no matter what their circumstances is, just love. Okay. And how do we demonstrate that love? I guess by smiling or caring or, you know, I wouldn't say offer them $5, but give them a hug. Okay. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's right around the corner here, there's some sort of mission place where that thing about pulling people out, helping them get equipped... There is a place for that, and a lot of these homeless people choose to not partake of that. So now what do you do with those people who don't seem to want help? Yeah, that, that's difficult because um, you get to a place where you feel hopeless, and that's what I want to show people is... It's true, but is there, is, there, is there not also a group of people who they like it, they don't want it, they like the drugs, the alcohol, the outdoors, and that's what they prefer. It's a lifestyle, for sure, and it's a livelihood. You can get by that way, but, I mean, to to show a person that you care about them, I guess that means that they would start caring about themselves more, and that motivation and drive would just empower them to... Now, when I asked you you that you're doing a documentary out here, and I said, why are you doing this, you also mentioned something about you're doing it for the Lord. What does that mean? Well, that means that I do have a dream and a vision from God that he, um, he's given me the opportunity to travel around the world. Okay, I've got to stop for a second. Okay. God has given you a dream or a vision. You heard a voice. You were sleeping. He appeared to you. It's a feeling. It's a nudge. What are you talking about? Well, I guess all of the above. So and God has appeared to you. Well, yes. God is living inside of me. And what religion are you? I'm not religious whatsoever. Uh, So who is God? God is our creator. God is our father. And how can I know who this God is? Is there a book? Is there a website? 
This is definitely a book, and it's called the Bible. So you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm definitely a Christian because I believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, and so the Bible is God's inspired word so that you can know how to live. Am I understanding that correctly? That's right. I seek the word because that's the truth. Okay, and so you said that God has spoken to you. Isn't that really then the same as the Bible? It's an inspired revelation? Definitely, it is. Um, When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it leads you in the Bible and shows you you know, because God speaks to us all differently. I'm I'm unique. I'm a snowflake. No one's like me. And God knows exactly how to speak to me. Okay, so do you hear him audibly? I guess uh, audibly, non-verbally. And you're sure? Uh, there's no doubt about it. Now, what happens if your vision, your dream turns out to be wrong? Well, you know, the way that I see it and the way that I plan it is wrong. The way that God plans it is right, and I have to let him take control. Right, but if I'm not mistaken, in the Old Testament, doesn't it say that if you claim to get a vision or a dream from God and you're wrong, you're a false prophet and you should be killed? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, So you're sure that you've been hearing accurately from God? I'm very sure. All right, tell me, how can I become a Christian? Well, um, you have to believe and have faith. and In what and why? In Jesus Christ. Why? Because he came on this earth to die for our sins. Are you calling me a sinner? I'm calling everyone a sinner, even myself. That's pretty intolerant. Well, it's true. Like, it's a term from archery. If you don't hit the bullseye, it's called a sin. And we've all fallen short of that. Okay, so if I've fallen short, which I presume you're insinuating I've fallen short, and if I died, what's God going to do with me? Well, it all depends if you accept his gift. I haven't. You have not. So what will happen to me? Well, um, from what I understand from reading the Bible, if you don't believe and if you don't ask Jesus to come into your heart and the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, it's true. You will die. And? And? As you want to hear, you will go to hell. Really? Okay, so everybody who doesn't believe in Jesus is going to hell. What if I'm a good Hindu? Well, um, you can be a great Hindu, and I'd be your friend, too. Because Hindus are great people. But they have over a thousand gods, and God says that he is the only God. And you can't place any other gods before him. So they're idolaters, and they're going to hell. I didn't say that. You did, but... I'm just jumping a little. Right. But you're going to say that. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that, you know, what I believe is the truth. And okay. from, from my perspective and from what I believe is, if me myself did not ask the Lord to come into my heart and didn't humble myself and say, you know, I am a sinner. I've done wrong things. I'm not perfect. But Jesus was perfect, and he lived on this world, and he suffered. Okay, fair, fair enough. Now, can I maybe suggest two things to you as you go about making your documentary? Sure. Do you ever share the gospel that you proclaim to believe to these people who are homeless? I do in a way where it's not like, you're going to go to hell, and I don't have a megaphone that says, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe. not asking you to use a megaphone, but if they're going to hell, do you ever tell them that? I don't know if I ever said you're going to hell. I don't do that. What I do is I just spread love. Let me let me make a suggestion. You can take it or leave it, okay? I agree to walk up to somebody and say you're going to hell is a very radical and I and I think a statement that's unreasonable. 
But instead, maybe if you reasoned with them to understand what that mark is that you talk about hitting, and you maybe use the laws of God as a mirror to hold it up to them, the Ten Commandments, to see that they've lied, they've stolen, they've blasphemed, they've been adulterers at heart at the very least, then they can see themselves as a sinner. They can see themselves as worthy of hell. And then when they understand that, you haven't accused them, you've shared with them, the mirror of God's law, then the gospel would maybe make a lot of sense to them and it would be good news indeed. Definitely. Okay. I understand what you're saying completely. Now, second second thought is about this being led and having dreams and visions from God. If I'm not mistaken, you're kind of quoting Romans chapter 8. I would like you to be challenged to go read Romans chapter 8, okay? Because I think if you read it, what you're going to see, what the apostle is setting up is that he's talking about people who are fleshly and who are of the spirit. And if you live like the flesh, you are not a Christian. And if you live like you're led by the Spirit, you're actually a believer. Live like the world, you're going to hell. Live like God, it shows that you're his child, you're going to heaven. And so being led by the Spirit isn't getting visions or dreams or nudges or promptings. It means when you're led by the Spirit, you're a believer who's been saved by God, you're in his camp, and then he teaches you through his word. So my encouragement would be to follow the advice of three Tim- uh, 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, 17 that talks about God's word is everything we need. It's inspired by God. It is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God can be equipped for any good work. So get your leadings from the word and be careful about the dreams and visions because they're, they're maybe just dreams. And God says that he really speaks through his word. And that's where we find out how we're supposed to live. Fair enough? Definitely. All right. Just two thoughts for you. Thanks for the chat. Yeah. Appreciate it. Goodbye. That is so important. Not that making a documentary about the homeless isn't a perfectly nice thing to do. But God appearing to her in a dream to say, make a, a documentary about this just isn't the way that God operates. It's much more clear than that. It's, mu- it's much more secure than that. He reveals to you in his word, and then he gives you options. Make a documentary. Don't make a, make a documentary on penguins. As long as it's God-honoring, you don't have to feel like, I can't decide anything. You can, as long as it's God-honoring and you are being informed by the word. It's a Witness Wednesday, and this is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We kick things off with Campus Reform, who has published their annual roundup of ridiculous things that's been declared racist in higher education this past year. This lengthy list includes capital letters, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and oh, even breathing. That kid you not. Other deeply offensive infractions include parks and band-aids and clocks and grocery stores. Critics mock the lunacy, and that's exactly what this is. And I think the even more ridiculous thing is the administrators defending the blindness here as reality and progress against systemic injustice. Shifting West, Seattle Police Force has shrank by over 100 officers over the last year. Staffing shortages continues to persist. And the 2023 exodus brings the total resignation near 700 since violent BLM riots started about three years ago. Despite surging homicides and brazen attacks, the city still shows zero interest in supporting law enforcement, so you're going to see more and more continue to walk away. Uh, Good luck for those of you who are still trying to live there. 
And on matters of gender identity, the WHO is under fire this week for rushed, ideologically tainted guidelines equating puberty blockers with life-saving care. That's exactly what they are, aren't they? Critics blasted the politicized process and conclusions that endorse child transitioning it's contrary to biological facts. Nearly 200 medical experts petitioned the WHO to address their failures and conflicts of interest putting transgender activists over child well-being. But then again, we know public health organizations seem more occupied with wokery than science these days. And now to Kentucky, the county clerk that was jailed in 2015 for refusing same-sex marriage licenses. You remember her? Well, she was ordered earlier this week to pay over $200,000 in opposing legal fees. A federal judge ruled that she must reimburse couples who sued her despite her actions being upheld by the state Supreme Court. How does that even work? So people sue you, you win, and well, then you actually lose because you have to pay the cost that they took on when suing you? I'm not sure that makes a whole lot of sense. Or is it even legal? I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. I'm just asking the question. And let's stay on the topic of weaponized courts. Congressional Democrats may soon be interrogating pro-lifers about online posts thanks to our politicized Department of Justice. Officials reportedly subpoenaed a private account details of activists in the name of investigating clinic incidents. Talk about a little bit of rejection there from the party aligned with violent mobs, huh? <laughs> And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible God called the prophet Jonah to preach repentance in Nineveh. Jonah fled, but he could not outrun God. He was cast into the sea and swallowed by a great fish. Jonah repented, and God spared him. Jonah then preached in Nineveh, and they repented. God is compassionate and merciful, and He is calling men from all nations to repentance. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, there's a couple who's, I'm guessing, walking to the Coke factory, but I'm no prophet. Hey, can I talk to you guys while you're walking to... Where are you going exactly? The aquarium? Oh, I haven't gone yet. Have you been there before? No. Where are you from? Cleveland. You're a married couple? No. You're not? No. All right, and you're here in Atlanta to go see the fish? Yes. All right. So when you go through the aquarium and see the fish, do you, and, and you're probably going to read signs that talk about how old they are, what they evolved from. Do you believe that the fish evolved from other fish and that you actually evolved from a fish? Not myself evolving from a fish, but those fish evolving from other fish, yes. What did you evolve from? Uh, I don't know. What, uh, depends on what you believe. A monkey. Uh, I don't you evolved know. from a monkey. <laughs> Ape, yeah. Yeah, you, so you evolved from an egg. Do you have hair on your... What, you don't look like a monkey. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore, but you used to be a monkey. Yeah. All right, and you. so you used to be a monkey, too. I'm assuming that must be the case, then. Okay, so if, if you evolved from a monkey, do you have from that some sort of sense of where you came from and where you're going? Not really. No. Where do you think you're going? Like, what's, what's life's purpose all about? Don't know. Don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Trying to discover that. Trying to discover that. Yeah. How do you go about discovering that? Just, I don't know. Living every day and trying to figure it out. Okay. So the big question, the grand question in life. Okay. Origins. Where'd you come from? How are you supposed to live? Not so sure about that. Where do you think you're going when you die? Isn't that the big question of all? I think so. Yeah, I do think. It, well, there's a lot of big ones, but I think I think you're right. That is the biggie. I agree with you. What do you think? I think someplace better. I know I'm not really all that religious, but... 
you know, I think that there's definitely something better than here. Why do you think it's going to be better? How come not worse? I don't think it could be worse. I mean, there's so many things that people, that we go through here and struggles. I mean, when you die, I think that it's just peace. Okay, what do you think, sir? Where are you going? Not very no. religious at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going anywhere? I'm going anywhere. You're just dead. You're not, no. you're, you're just really? dead? Get mm-hmm. out of here. You think that? Look, I didn't want to start a fight. <laughs> no. I don't want to wreck your vacation. You're not. No, no, no. So, dude, you think you're going nowhere, but if there was a heaven and a hell, I presume you believe in God, yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Is he the judge who gets to decide where everybody I goes? I believe so, yes. Where do you think you'd be going? Heaven. Because you're a good person. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to heaven because? Well, I better be going to heaven because I try to be a good person. You try to be a good person. Maybe not all the time, but I try. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm not doing anything bad, but... All right. I want to give both of you a test, and you can and you can score the test all by yourself to determine if you would be going to heaven or to hell. Are you up for the challenge? I, okay. You think you can handle it? Look at it. You've got to say yes, dude. No, sure. otherwise you're, you're looking kind of <laughs> wimpy. You're walking back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But the woman says yes, she's up yeah. to it, and you kind of give up on it. All right. Here's the test, and it's going to start to ring a bell. It's a ten-point test based on the Ten Commandments. And the reason that that's the test is because the Ten Commandments is God's standard. Mm-hmm. He's the judge. Those are the laws. So we should examine ourselves to see if we've broken the laws or not. So I'm going to try to hold up the mirror of God's law to you. And if you don't want to answer out loud, that's okay. I understand. Okay? But for instance, one of the commandments is not lying. Have you, Jenna, ever told lies? Yes. Yeah. So if I told lies, what would you call me? What type of person tells lies? A liar. All right. Fair enough. Stealing things. That's one of the commandments that you shouldn't steal anything. Now, it doesn't matter the size of the object. It doesn't have to be from a store. It can be from your parents' purse or your their dresser or just not putting in enough hours at work when you promise to work 40 hours and you only put in 32, whatever. How many times do you think you've stolen anything? Uh, I have. I have definitely done that, but I don't know how many times. Okay, fair enough. But have you stolen anything? Oh, yeah. All right. So if you've stolen things and I've stolen things, that would make us a... Only if you're from Pittsburgh. (laughs) Is it the right word? Thief! Thief! Right? So you'd be a thief too, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Here's This gets a little bit trickier, a little bit tougher, a little bit more probing because those are outward acts that we do, okay? But the Bible, which is what heaven is all, where that whole concept comes from, and Jesus specifically said, if you look at a human being with lust, you don't have to commit a sexual act with that person, which is called fornication. You just need to think about it. He says that you're an adulterer at heart because God goes beyond just what we do, even into what we think. When nobody's around, deeds done in darkness. So I won't even ask you to answer that question out loud, but if you have lusted in your heart, Jesus sees you as an adulterer at heart, right? Blasphemy is another one of the laws. Taking God's name in vain, using God's name in kind of a low way, just oh my and just you know instead of swearing you use his name are you guilty of that one yeah yeah sir yes okay that's blasphemy and the bible says i will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain because he's your creator he's provided everything vacations to atlanta and instead of thanking him we use his name in a bad way very offensive now summary by your own confession you're a liar a thief a blasphemer and we don't know whatever else at heart So God judges you. You die, and before he lets you in or kicks you out, judgment happens. Would you be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Guilty. Dude? Guilty. All right. This is a painful one. Ready? Mm -hmm. If you're guilty before God, should you go to heaven or should you be sent to hell? 
are going somewhere. So. I know. Well, I think that it should be taking, I mean, we're all not perfect, and we all obviously do things that we're not proud of, but I think it should be ranked in a way, you know what I mean? Well, I don't, I don't know that I disagree I with you. There are people who maybe do worse things or fewer things, but it still doesn't erase the fact that we're guilty. No, you're right. So you've committed adultery eight times, I've done it 12. Well, we're still adulterers. Or yeah. you've murdered somebody, I've murdered three people. We're still murderers and we're yeah. guilty. So this is a really this is a really tough question to answer because it's not what we like to think about. If we're guilty, we should go to hell. But immediately we think, okay, if that's the case, well, then everybody's going to be going to hell. Mm -hmm. Well, I would respond this way. Everybody should go to hell who's broken the laws. If you haven't broken the laws, you're good to go. But if you've broken the laws, God must punish, just like a good judge doesn't let criminals go, because that isn't loving or just. God must punish. Now, what does the Bible say that God has done so that you and you don't have to go to hell? Do you have any idea? Forgive yourself. Well, it does talk about forgiveness of sins, absolutely. But before forgiveness can happen, what happens so that God can forgive sins? Because here's the tension. God is just. He's got to punish lawbreakers because he's just and he's perfect. But he's loving and he's good and he's kind and he's merciful. So he'd like to forgive, but he's just. He'd like to demonstrate love, but he's just. So he can't just let you go. Justice has to be satisfied so that God can demonstrate his kindness toward you. So what was the plan, according to the Bible, that God demonstrated so that you can have your sins forgiven, so that you can be set free, so that you can go to heaven? Do you know what God's plan is? What do you know about Easter? Well, that's the day that he rose from the dead. That Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah, this is the big thing right here. We've got a great big court case in front of us. We've broken God's laws, but Jesus paid our fine. The punishment, the wrath that you and I deserve... God poured out on his only son for you and for you. You deserve hell. It was put on Jesus on your behalf. That's the good news of the gospel. You deserve hell, but Jesus took the punishment for you so that God can be just and the justifier of the wicked and be loving. He can forgive you because Jesus died to pay your fine. That's the great exchange. The just dying for the unjust. The good dying for the wicked. That's the gospel. But the Bible says you've got to respond to that good news. The Bible uses the word repent. Are you familiar with that term, repent? Yeah, it means that you've got to agree with God. I'm not good. I deserve hell. You've got to agree with God that Jesus is his son, who's God himself, who died for my sins. And you apologize by saying, I'm sorry, without offering any defense. You don't try to defend yourself in apology. You just come clean with God. You turn from your sins. You stop sinning. Doesn't mean you become perfect, but you sure hate those sins now. And you put your trust in Jesus. And the Bible says, the day you do that, he will not cast you out. He will adopt you. He will make you his child. And not only will he see you as not guilty, he will see you as righteous because of what Jesus did. That's the gospel. So to get to heaven, you need to have your fine paid. Jesus paid it, but you've got to respond now by repenting and putting your trust in Jesus. The Bible says you do that, you can, you can be assured and you'll know it. You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven because of what Jesus did. That's how you get to heaven according to the Bible. That is a radically kind offer. That's <laughs> what that is. It's scary up front, but it's really great in the end. And that's really why somebody should want to become a Christian. Not because they're scared of hell, but because they go, Wow, God's that kind to save me from hell. I want to follow him. He's good. 
and it should be his kindness that leads you to repentance. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't let the day slip away. Think about these things so that you can become his child by repenting and putting your trust in him. Fair enough? Yep. Fair, Fair enough? Fair enough. So ponder it today, huh? I will. All right. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the fishes. <laughs> You're both you. very polite and courageous. Thank you very much. She was a little more courageous yeah. than you, but oh, you could keep your man yeah. card. All right, I'm you guys. The talker. He's the quiet one. You guys take care, okay? <laughs> Thank you so See much. See ya. Goodbye. You ever had that joy, by the way, of seeing God appearing to open up a mind and a heart? Now, what's going to happen to them? I don't know. Could they, could they walk away and it was like the soil where the seed got cast and the rains come? Could be. But I got to tell you something. The Bible makes it clear. Everybody is scared. That's the way it says. That's the Greek. Scared to die. She was. I think he was too. Why? Well, well we, I know he was. We all are. Find yourself a fishing hole, would you please? Just find a place where people can stop and talk to you. Be pleasant. Be conversational. I... I actually said to them, I'm going to give you a test to see if you're going to heaven and hell. And they stuck around. You can do it. There's some that actually would love to hear it. This is Wretched Radio. All right, well, buckle up. Get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Fabar is also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Ream is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4. And this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it, they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth, Season 4, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible. They memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you who tune in on a daily basis. And we thank all of our gospel partners. We thank you for an amazing 2023, an amazing 2022, 2021, 2020, and all of the years prior. But hey, 
2024 is going to be our biggest and best year yet. And we have some amazing announcements we're not quite yet ready to make that will impact so much about this ministry and the amount of people that we are able to reach. So if you would like to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner, if you've been thinking about it, you've been praying about it, we would love for you to join us in this effort right now. You can get all the answers to all of the questions that you likely have right now at wretched.org slash donate. That's wretched.org slash donate. 2024 is here, folks, and it is going to be the biggest and best and most wretched year yet. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Attributes of God. The Bible tells us of God's faithfulness. Since God is truth, He has no desire to break His promises. Since He is omnipotent, nothing can cause Him to break promises. Since His promises are based on His eternal plan, God will always keep them. Scripture called God a rock, a fortress, and a bulwark, never failing because He is faithful. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Resolving the big questions of life, like why isn't a 13-year-old wearing a belt around his droopy drawers? This is Wretched Radio. Chris, dude, your pants are falling down and you have to hold them up. Now, why are you laughing? Why are you... His teeth wasn't working. What is, what is, why don't you... Now, you're having... Everywhere you go today, you have to actually just pull up your britches all the time, right? Uh, yeah. All right, somebody explain this to me. Why this... Now, are you sagging too, dude? I'm yeah. sagging too. Are you sagging? That's what it's called, right? Oh, yes, sir. See, I can be hip. <laughs> look at me. Do I not look hip? You look hip-hop. Uh, yep. You're lying to me now. All right, mm. so why do you do that if you have to spend half of your day pulling up your trousers? Because. Do you know what trousers are? Britches. That's an old person's way of saying pants. Yeah, that's right. Because it's the style. It's the. It's a hassle. I'm sorry. What is this about? Nothing there. I was just playing. Oh, it's about the girls. So this is for the sake of the girls. Is that correct? Oh. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's for the girls, not the man. I see. So you, you're 13 years old, and you're wearing that for the sake of the girls. Is that right, Chris? Yes. All right. Hey, as long as we're all here together, how old are you, young man? 14. All right. How old are you? 13. Okay, so you're about 14, 13. Hey, hold on a second. Listen up for just a second. All right. We'll do this together on the radio, and then we'll let you go eat your M and M's. Those are Skittles, right? Yes, sir. What kind of Skittles? Just Skittles. Just plain old classics. You're into the traditional stuff. Good for you guys. Okay, where is there? Are y'all from the same place? Where are you from? Um, what do you mean, Harlem Boys and Girls Club? And what is that? Can you tell me? It's a Boys and, Boys and Girls Club. Boys and Girls Club. What do you do in the Boys and Girls Club? Play Nothing. basketball. Nothing. 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 Is it is it is it a religious deal? Oh no. No, no. Oh no. Baby yes at the Boys and Girls Club. Alright. So you don't like religion, is that what I just said? No, 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 it's not. It is it's a camp. So you Okay, so you are religious, you guys, is that right? It's a summer. I'm asking you about you now. Okay, are you a religious guy? Yes. And what religion are you? Christianity. Christian, what are you? Christianity. Baptist, is that what I heard? Are you all Christian Baptist? Is that the deal, Chris, with your droopy drawers? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's rolly. He's what? <laughs> He's rolling? Is that what that is? Is that what you do with your pants too? You roll them? No. Is that the deal? All right, are you a Christian Baptist too? Yes. All right, I want to ask you guys a question. How can I become a Christian Baptist? What do I need to do to become one of you? Believe huh? in God. Believe in God. Why would I want to do that? You're supposed to get baptized. Why would I want to do that? Believe in God because you don't want to go to hell. You're telling me I'm going to hell? I don't want to. Says who? I know there is a hell. Yeah, how do you know there is a hell? Because it's in the Bible. Oh, what's the matter, young man? It's the same thing over over again with him. What? 
he always he never believed that Christianity can be like be. Oh, this guy's the doubter. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. Yeah. Alfred. So you don't. So you don't believe in God? Is that right, Alfred? Is that correct? Huh? You don't believe in God? I said I don't believe in hell. You don't believe in hell. All right, here's the deal. You guys watch this now very carefully. All right, hold on. We're going to try to convince Alfred that hell is real. Okay? Watch this. How we're gonna, this here's how I'm going to do it. Do you know what? Don't hit him in the head. Do you know what the Ten Commandments are? Nope. I'm going to share them with you. You ready? Yep. Here's one. Thou shalt not steal. Have you stolen anything yep. in your life, Alfred? Hey, hey, yes. hey. Yes. What kind of a friend are you? Have you stolen anything? Don't lie, because that's another commandment. Yes. So you've stolen something. All right, if I've stolen something... What name would you call me? A stealer would be called a thief. Thief, right? Uh-huh. So you just confessed to me you're a thief. Is that correct? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Alfred the thief. Is that right? Alfred the thief. Right? <laughs> okay. Hold on, Alfred. Don't don't wiggle on me. All right. All right. Tell the yeah, line for me. Alfred, how many lies have you told in your life? Uncountable. Uncountable. Your friend Chris is helping you. Yeah. Okay, so if I've told a lot of lies, what would you call me? What type of person tells a lot of lies? A liar. That's right. So Alfred is a thief and a liar, right? <laughs> Alfred, have you ever blasphemed God's name? Do you know what that means? To take God's name and use it in a bad way? Oh, no, I never did. Yes, you did. No? Yeah, okay. All right, you got a witness here. Okay, that's called blasphemy. And God says, I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain. All right? Alfred, this gets a little trickier. Get ready for this one, okay? Have you looked at any girls today? And had sexual thoughts about her. Not today. Yesterday? <laughs> no, not yesterday. Mm, the day before. Do you ever have sexual thoughts about girls? Mm-hmm. It's what? It's on time. Okay, because here's why. You know who Jesus is, right? Yes. Okay, Jesus is God, and he said, you just need to think about sex, and you're guilty of breaking the law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You don't have to be married and have an affair. You just need to think about it. And God sees your thought life. He judge, He knows everything you're doing in darkness. So if you've ever thought about it, you've ever looked at pornography or dirty pictures, God sees you as an adulterer at heart. Okay? All right. Alfred, here's my little summary for you. Okay? You just confess to me you're a liar, you're a thief, you're a blasphemer, and an adulterer. You die. And God judges you. All right? He's going to judge you for everything you've done. Clearly, you've confessed to being guilty what should God do with a guilty lawbreaker? Should he take a guilty lawbreaker to heaven, or should he punish the guilty lawbreaker and send him to hell? I don't believe in hell or heaven. You know what? I repent. Now listen, listen. Imagine if you were a criminal in a courtroom, and the judge knew that you were guilty, and he said, young man, Alfred, you're going to jail for 25 years, and you said, judge, I don't believe in jail. It doesn't make any difference. No, hold on. Je- Je- I do believe in jail because I have witnessed jail. I've never witnessed. Okay, I'm trying jail. to I'm trying okay. to reason with you. This is really important. Okay, I am listening. What is the right thing for God to do? Is it for Him to praise you and reward you, or should He punish you for breaking His laws? Everybody yeah, broke His law before. That's not the question. What should He do with you? Should He praise you or punish you? Everyone believes in second chance. I'm not talking about second chances. What should God do with you if you've broken his laws? He should punish you. Punish you. Right? Okay. And that's reasonable and that's right, isn't it? Lawbreakers should get punished, right? Yes. That's why he made a place called hell, to punish lawbreakers. Who was that to witness that? You know what? Even if you can't see it, it makes sense. It's logical. If God exists and he's a just judge... He must punish lawbreakers. And that's why when the Bible talks about it being a terrible place called hell, 
It's reasonable. It's right that God <laughs> would send people But it's too many different versions of the Bible. Here's the problem, Alfred. I'm going to try to read your mind right now, all right? I'm not a mind reader. I don't okay. have any special powers. But here's why you don't like the idea of hell. Because right now, you you're not reading my mind thinking tacos. Well, okay. <laughs> all right, listen. You don't like the idea of hell because you don't like the idea of going there. And you know that if God gives you what you deserve, that's exactly where you should be going. You know that, don't you? Yes. What do you know about what Jesus did so you don't have to go to hell? What did Jesus do to save you from the flames of hell? He'll forgive. You're right. Jesus will forgive, but something has to happen for you to be forgiven. Imagine a criminal who has a big fine. He's got a $10 million fine and he can't pay it. If somebody stepped into the courtroom and said, Judge, I love that criminal and I've got $10 million, I'll pay the fine. Then the judge can forgive the criminal and set him free. That's what Jesus did when he died on a cross for you, Alfred. You deserve hell. Jesus took hell on your behalf. He took the punishment you deserve. God is going to thrash lawbreakers and he'll thrash you. But he's kind and he's good and God loves the world and he gave his only begotten son and he poured out his wrath on your behalf so that you can be set free, so that you can go to heaven. But here's the, here's the, here's the string attached. You've got to repent. You've got to confess your sins to God. You've got to say, I'm sorry, without any excuses. Turn from your sins and put your trust in Jesus. The Bible says when you repent and trust him, you won't go to hell. You'll go to heaven because of what Jesus did for you. Dune, I understand you're scared of hell. I was horrified. It's real and it's hot. And if you don't repent, you're going. Turn to him. Become his follower by repenting and putting your trust in him. Not because you're scared of hell. Listen to this really carefully and I'll let you go. Not because you're scared of hell because he's a good God and he died to save Alfred. He died to save you so you don't have to go to hell. Call out to him and ask him for mercy and he'll grant it to you because he's good and he's kind. He loves you and he will save you. Okay, Alfred? All right. What do you need to do to be saved so you don't go to hell? Repent. And trust in Jesus. Trust Jesus. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Right. Well... Hey, Alfred, I'll be praying for you. Goodbye. Alfred is uh, alone all of a sudden. All of his pals walked away. There were six, seven, eight, nine of them. Alfred, they went that way. All right, man. And he stayed, and I could be wrong. Maybe he really wanted some tacos, but he had tears in his eyes. And I think he understands at least the good news that God is a God who will save him from hell. Do you know what a joy it is to tell that to somebody? Because I'm telling you, the thought of hell should just make us all tremble and get out here. In fact, if you are not his, if you have not repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, turn to him, flee to him, fly to him today, and he will save you, and he will forgive you, and he will change you, and you will be adopted, and you will be justified, and you will get sanctified, and you will ultimately be glorified. You're waiting for a better offer from whom? From what religion exactly do you think you're going to get a better offer than that? That is truth. There is no other offer. It doesn't even have to be kind. It's the only one there is, but it is kind and it is good. And you are commanded this day, repent and trust him and he will save you today. Do it. Repent and trust the Savior. Don't 
delay and be burned up forever in eternal conscious torment. Repent and trust the Savior today. And until tomorrow, go serve your King. <laughs>